This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. My name is Carl Valeri. I'm your host this evening. I'm joined with two really terrific guys, people that are really inspirational in aviation. But before I tell you who we have on this evening, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all of you listeners that have written in to us and have asked questions. I know we haven't been able to get around to all your questions. Our next episode, I promise, is going to be a question and answer session. Some really inspirational stories that you've written into us that are helping other people that's terrific that you're doing that please keep them coming if you have a question that's uh, you need an immediate response to of course we do some career coaching so you can go out to aviationcareerspodcast.com click on the coaching part of the website we help with you know like interview prep we'll do that we also help with career decisions that type of thing and and we'll we'll get you ready for you know maybe this lifestyle change we'll talk a little bit about that today also and don't forget we do have the aerospace scholarships guide now the largest aerospace scholarships guide on the internet and it's growing every single day we have a team here at aviation careers podcast putting that together. So I encourage you to go out there and check that out. Of course, look at our membership and all the videos that are involved with that membership. Every All the video series that we have, every technical series we have, you can always watch the first video for free. So check out the videos at Aviation Careers Podcast. Let's get started with the uh, show today. I have two people with me. One person who's going to introduce the other that's here with us as a guest uh, and has been on the podcast before and also is a co-host of the Stuck Mike Avcast, and that's Russ Rosleski. Russ, welcome. Yeah, thank you, Carl. It has been a, quite a while since I've been on this podcast, but obviously uh, much more recently on the, the Stuck Mike Avcast. And I am very excited to to introduce to everybody someone that I've kind of brought with me today. And uh, I, I met him. He flew in an airplane down to Sun and Fun for work. And I met him there and we started talking. And I thought, man, this would be a great guy to have on the, the podcast here. So, Russ, you actually flew into Sun and Fun in, in, a, in a Piper. and. Uh, that's that's right. I did. Yeah, a friend and I flew down there. Had a good time at Sun Fun. Volunteered for radio station, as I think we talked about before. You bet. And th- but the plane that he flew in was a, a little bit different size than than the Piper you flew in, wasn't it? Well, it could have held several Pipers in it. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, and that's a, that was our tease. So so introduce our our wonderful and and inspiring guest that you have today. Oh, thanks, Carl. Yeah, uh, today with us is. Larry Unger, he's a master sergeant in the Air Force Reserves, and he's a loadmaster on board that C-17, the one that was down at Sun and Fun, just like uh, that you see all over the place at a lot of different air shows. And, man, it, this guy, lucky guy, he got to fly down to Sun and Fun for work. I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. But Larry has a, a very interesting aviation background and inspiring story, I think. And I mean, I said he's, he's a master sergeant in the Air Force Reserve. So he's been in the Air Force for a while and he's looking to make a career change. And I know on on the Aviation Careers podcast here, we talk a lot about people trying to make career changes and 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 seeing what they're going to do with their life. And then we're going to talk to Larry a little bit about that and uh, see where life is taking him and how he's getting there and what he's doing and what it's going to take. So uh, Larry, it's great to have you here on the podcast. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. First off, I'd like to say, you know, thanks for having me on here. And, it, it, you know, it's truly humbling to me that, you know, that you, know, you guys, you, you took interest in my story and, and, and think that uh, this is uh, inspiring. So I really appreciate it. it really, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, 
pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I Larry and I first met about uh, oh, it's almost three years ago now. I was flight instructing at a, a local flight school where, near where he lives in Ohio, and and here he was. He called up the flight school looking for a flight instructor to teach him how to how to fly, teach him for his private pilot's license, and that got to be me. So so we got we got to meet and we had a great time great time training but through it I learned uh, about, about his career and what he was trying to do and I think Larry what we should do is just kind of just kind of start the beginning. So here you are, I don't know, I guess graduated high school or something trying to figure out what to do with your life and where did you go? Well, it's it, it's funny. I mean, I, I can take this way back to my early years of, you know, of childhood, uh, just watching F4s take off from the the airport, you know, with my dad, but uh um, yeah, the big thing was, uh, I graduated high school, didn't really know what I was going to do. I got a job working in a candle factory, loved it. Um, I was second shift. So, um, I got to sit out at night, take my break and I'd watch the, uh, air, air traffic coming in on final for, uh, airborne express in Wilmington, Ohio. And uh, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I need to be up there. I want to be up there, you know? And I had no clue how to make that happen. I, I, you know, I thought it was so far out of reach. Uh, but the only thing I knew what to do is, you know, possibly join the Air Force. And uh, so I talked to my dad about it, and he was super supportive. And he said, yeah, I think you should do it. The uh, Air Force Reserves right there at uh, right Pat, uh, close to home. So, uh, you know, that seemed like a good fit. Well, I went up, and I, I talked to a recruiter and said, hey, you know, what could I do? And he said, well, we don't have any openings. The only opening we have is, is for uh, crew chief, aircraft mechanic on the C-141. And I said, well, that's not really what I want to do. I want to fly in the planes. And they said, well, sometimes you can get a chance to as a flying crew chief. And I said, well, that sounds good. Let's do it. Uh, I went ahead and enlisted and uh, went to basic training, went to tech school, Shepard Air Force Base, and uh, started learning the, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, the trade of you know, being an aircraft mechanic. And uh, it was uh, very challenging, long tech school, but uh, I was around airplanes and learning you know, airplane jargon and and uh, i was i was just you know loved it and uh yeah got back uh was a crew chief for four years in the reserves but i wanted more i wanted to uh i wanted to be on the planes more i i got a chance to fly as a flying crew chief and um it was funny because i i sit in the back because i was the, the junior crew chief so i always sit in the in the back of the cargo compartment and uh, I made friends with the loadmaster section. And in the uh, 141s, they had flight engineers. And so it was a natural progression to be a crew chief and then move into being a flight engineer. Well, um, you know, the, the time came, and uh, I, I, tried, I was getting ready to make the transition. And, and I was like, well, you know, I think I want to be a load. I want to be a loadmaster. I, I, I like what they do. They're very physical. They're back there uploading uh, trucks and, and uh, all sorts of uh, rolling stock cargo and uh, palletized cargo. And uh, they're doing engine running offloads, you know, they're out in the back. And they, it's just really exciting. So uh, I, I guess I kind of made a few people wonder why I was going to be a loadmaster instead of a flight engineer. Uh, but I just, that, that was just, you know, the path I felt like taking. And, uh, so I, you know, long story short, did, uh, I'm on my third airframe now is, uh, 141 C5s and now 17s. So, uh, you know, just, uh, been enjoying the ride. I've been, uh, basically, uh, rose to, uh, to be a master sergeant and then a, uh, um, an instructor load master. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm coming up on 20 years and I was just kind of, you know, getting a little stagnant and wanting to, 
to move on and, and to uh, you know keep the keep the challenge going and uh, not fall into a rut. And uh, one of my friends, who oddly enough was a crew chief on C5s, did this. He uh, he used his post 911 GI Bill and uh, um, he posted everything on Facebook. His journey on Facebook. And I used to I'd read it. And I thought, wow, what an amazing journey. And then uh, uh, I was doing the uh, Loadmaster Sim. Uh, we have sim simulators that we have to go to as well, very similar to the, uh, to the full motion uh, pilot simulators. And uh, I was with my wife in uh, Mississippi. We were down there doing a, uh, doing a sim check down there. And she came up and got to see the uh, C-17 sim and everything. And uh, I've shown her all the buttons and how to do this and how to do that. And she, we were driving. Uh, we left there. We were driving down to see her family. And I was just driving. I was like, you know, I just, it's time for me to do something else. And, and you know, I need, I need another challenge. And she says, why don't you be a pilot? And I said, huh, well, that's a good question. I Money's not really an issue now because I have the the GI bill, and uh, you know there's been a one of my friends had paved the way, so to speak. So I thought, uh, yeah, well, why don't I do that? So I, as soon as we got back to Ohio, I scheduled a a, a, a intro flight at uh, Aviation Sales out there at Dayton Wright Brothers, and uh, and it, it's it's the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it, that's a that's a really cool story. I mean, just we, we passed over quite a few things in your career there because that's a that's a long mm-hmm. span. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> but, but it's interesting how you make that decision. Like somebody in your life says to you, you know, why don't you just go ahead and do it? I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it was somebody yeah. special in your life that did it too. So right. that, that's that's really cool. Hey, let, you know, just backing up a little bit and sure. some of the things that you said, there was a couple things I think some people don't may not understand in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, you talked about uh, you know, crew chief, and that that's somebody who actually is a mechanic required. And what is their role? What do they actually do? Well, the crew chief, um, basically what they do is they are uh, – they pretty much own the airplane when the air crew aren't in, con- in positive control of it, where, they're not, where the air crew is not flying the airplane. Um so uh, basically, the crew chief he is he is kind of he or she is the is the main focal point for the well being of the aircraft. So uh, basically, the the crew chief receives the aircraft once it's on the ground, reviews the aircraft forms, reviews any write ups that may have may have occurred while it was in the um, in the operational uh, we call it ops um, operations hands, and then um, basically de- determines who needs to fix the airplane. So. Let's say we go out and uh, you know the one an engine over ten, then um, you know he's going to call you know a specialist, an engine engine specialist, and they're going to get the engine. The engine troops are going to come out. And they're going to they're going to dive into that to that um, area of um, expertise. So the crew chief pretty much he manages the well being of the aircraft. I guess I, maybe that's a simplistic way of looking at it. But well, yeah, uh, you're like the upper management for that aircraft. Like you said, you right. own the aircraft. So you have to be a mechanic, right? right? Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Interesting. So now yeah. you're you're in charge of that, but you and of that aircraft. So you basically go with that aircraft everywhere. Well, now the a lot of times um, they have a yes and no. Uh, sometimes the like a certain all every airplane is assigned to a specific crew chief, but. Uh, 
the way the mission dictates, they they rotate other crew chiefs out to go fly with that airplane. So, you know, you might not always fly with your with your with your set aircraft. So if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that makes it. You're basically almost virtually too. You you are in communication with people. I am, I'm assuming while the aircraft's right. out there. So if somebody before we go into your your piloting career, if somebody's interested in a career as a crew chief, that's that's a pretty decent career, is it not? Oh, absolutely. Especially, you know, with, with, you know, aviation, you know, um, uh, just, just, you know, the, the industry is just, you know, really, really hitting all, all cylinders really. Um, you know, basically uh, one thing that people need to know if they come into the air force to be a crew chief, I was under the assumption that when I got out that I could walk right into a civilian job working on aircraft. And that's not, that's not the case. Why? Uh, well, basically, you the, the Air Force trains you to to do everything as civilians do on airplanes. However, the FAA does not accept their their training um, they, like they do, say, a pilot. Uh, but but it's it's a simple fix. Uh, all an individual needs to do is take their training training records with them. They show the I get the, I think they go to their local FISDO and um, basically take an equivalence, equivalency test. And then um, they have they have they have to bring you know a, a copy of their training the training folder, but um, yeah they'll they'll take it the the test they don't have to do they don't have to redo training, they basically just take an equivalency test to uh, to get their A and P. So Russ, you had a question? Yeah, yeah, I was just wondering, Larry. So you went and that, we talked about uh, being a, a crew chief, and then you did that mm-hmm. for four years, and then you went to be a uh, the loadmaster. Now that mm-hmm. that job obviously completely different career field, changed uh, dramatically. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about kind of the day to day operations of a loadmaster, like when you go land somewhere, what you do, that kind of thing. Sure, sure. Well. Um, you know it, the the job of a loadmaster is base. You know it's very basic. It's uh, it's um, you know you're basically making sure that the aircraft is is balanced. Uh, you're making sure that uh, you know the aircraft is not nose heavy or tail heavy. That it flies in a in a very balanced center of gravity. Um, so that's kind of it in the you know the, the long or the short of it. But you know there's a lot more to it, especially being a uh, you know military air crew member on board a you know, an air, a military aircraft. Um, so with the, uh, the 141, you know, it was very much, uh, knowing your weight and balance, knowing all the limitations inside the cargo box area, um, as well as knowing all the, um, emergency procedures for the airplane, you know, smoke and fumes in the, in the aircraft, uh, you know, um, emergency situations with uh, ditching or, um, you know, loose cargo in flight or, uh, so, so just a variety of, we would call them boldface items, uh, items that we had to commit to memory. Uh, so, and also there was also tactical things too that we had to be, you know, we had to be up on as far as uh, going into, you know, hostile environments. So um, it was very challenging and uh, very fun. It was uh, for a young guy like myself. It was it was an amazing. I got to see the world and get paid to do it. Uh, I was just a little, you know, kid from the country, never never really been anywhere, and you know, here I am, pretty much on every continent. I made every continent except Antarctica. So, um, yeah. You just got, wait, now, Carl, you, you have an Antarctic connection here, right? You know, it's interesting you said that because, uh, you know, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, there's all these really cool jobs. And uh, my wife actually was maintenance control for helicopters. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's okay. basically an admin position. But she actually mm-hmm. flew down uh, to Antarctica. 
And oh, wow. uh, was, so uh, was <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> she was on yeah, uh, Opera- she deep. Operation Deep Freeze, which but back then that wasn't the Air Force. Right. That was the 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 uh, Navy that actually flew down there. And then they transitioned to okay. the C-130, yeah. C-17s. And that is so cool. I've actually talked to people that have been down there uh, with the skis mm-hmm. and, and everything and landing on, right. on the, the runway, et cetera. So you would you would get involved as a crew chief or actually as a loadmaster doing that, going down there. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, one of the things I want to know, and, and as you're saying this, I'm like, okay, you talked about the loadmaster, uh, the crew chief. Then there's another thing. It's the engine. Engineer. The engineer is the person that mm-hmm. basically is like the plumber that's running the airplane. Is that a good way to right, right. electrician plumber? Absolutely. Just like in the civilian Absolutely. world, there there is another quote unquote pilot type person up in the cockpit that is running everything. Right. They may not have a pilot certificate. A lot of times they don't in the civilian world, uh, but they're they're actually making sure everything's running properly in flight. So then there's other people. Like I just mentioned maintenance control. That's an administrative position. There, you know, Those are just a couple I can mention. Are there any other jobs that you can think of, just to name, throw out a few, that, that are involved in this? Because it's a lot bigger than we think, isn't it? Sure, sure. Yeah, well, like uh, in our squadron, we, we're, we're the ops group. So uh, we have life support. Um, they are called – I think they're called AFE um, – I think it, I'm not really sure what that stands for. To be, we change acronyms so so often, but uh, <laughs> uh, they basically we we know them as life support, and they um, they specialize in all this the equipment on board the aircraft that will keep us alive in the in the event of an emergency. So you know your oxygen systems, your your smoke uh, smoke goggles and masks. Uh, we have life rafts on board the aircraft that you know to can facilitate up to 46 individuals. We have three um, on the C-17. And, um, they, so they're, they, you know, they're very much a part of what we do. And, you know, that's a big thing too, is, you know, a lot of people think, well, you fly airplanes, you know, it's so glamorous and stuff, but, you know, really, and it, you, we can't do our job without those people that usually don't get re- the recognition, you know, um, life support, uh, aircraft maintenance, uh, fleet service. Uh, and that's something that maybe people don't know about, but, you know, they basically come out, they service our, you know, our, you know, facilities on the air, or, uh, lavatories on the aircraft. They make sure we have fresh, fresh water on board. Um, you know, make sure they, they'll bring out the, uh, you know, the, the uh, uh, trash, trash bags and stuff like that. Because, you know, when you're on a military aircraft for 24 hours, you know, it, you gotta have, you gotta have, you know, these things that most people take for granted. And, uh, you know, so it's a it's a team effort. It really is. And these are these are civilians and military, or are those all military positions? Most they're uh, from an active duty standpoint, they're going to be all act. They're going to be military now with the reserves. So our fleet service is uh, they are civilian, but uh, on active duty, there is there is fleet service. Um, so, uh, but now you know your maintenance is going to be mostly military. Uh, the uh, you know the uh, life support the uh, uh, your uh, yeah, life support technicians are going to be military. So yeah, I'm, I'm, this is really exciting for me because I, I don't know a lot about the the military life and uh, and the, the career in itself. But you know, before we move on to your civilian uh, life ahead, would you recommend uh, to people that are interested in a career in aviation or just a career in general? Would you recommend the military right now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know it. It, it, it's been, and I, I keep in mind, I've been doing this for 
20 years, <laughs> you know, and, and if any, anybody's done any one thing for 20 years, you know, you definitely, you, you know, you, it, you get tired you know, of the same, of the same stuff. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have been exposed to the things that I was exposed to. I wouldn't have the, um, I, I guess I wouldn't have the pride in the, you know, uh, of you know, the achievement that I had, if if I hadn't, so yeah, I definitely definitely recommend it um, because I had no clue what to do, you know, and it 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 gave me a pathway. It gave me one. It gave me a you know a, a living, <laughs> so that was that was pretty important. It gave me a sense of pride, and it and when I didn't know what to do, I was still doing something that that was inspiring me, that was in cha- that was challenging me, and you know what? It opened doors. It really did. It. <clears throat> A lot of times I'll tell, you know, young people that I know, and they, you know, they say, well, I just don't know what to do. Well, do so- you do something, you know, figure out what kind of interests you and do it. You know, if anything else, you'll figure out if you either really do like it or if you don't. But it, it will always open a door, you know, and you and you just never know what what amazing doors will be out before you that you could walk through. And I've walked through a lot of doors and not all of them have been great, but. But, you know, I mean, aviation is just something that is I've never regretted. It, it, it's just been amazing. It's been an amazing ride. You know, Larry, we really uh, appreciate you and those that are listening right now that have uh, served in the military. And, and the reason is that we don't realize all those things that you do and, and the sacrifices you make. Uh, a lot of times we see the, the cool pictures on TV and we get to see the exciting part. But we there's the other side. We have to make so many sacrifices for your family. And, and you're doing something and, and good for your career, but you're also doing something that's great for the country. And, we, and, and those that are listening that are, are active duty or serving the military in any way, we really appreciate that and we appreciate Larry's service too, uh, but uh, just just a neat ride that you've had so far. That's that's really really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I I, it, 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 I got to be a part of everything. You know, nine uh, eleven. Uh, you know, it was, it was huge. I remember walking in and seeing the uh, the second plane. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, I, I understand. It was. Uh, that was a, an interesting, you know, interesting. It was a tough time. I mean, that was, uh, I, yeah. I was walking into work and I, I saw that. And uh, lo and behold, a couple of days later, I was on on the street, you know, uh, because of that. And right. Lost. Uh, oh, yeah. Lost, a, you know, a, 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 you know, someone I went to school with. And, and uh, we had like 25 funerals at home. And I'm sure it hit home for everybody. And, and obviously oh. for those of us in the military, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, we had bit. one of our uh, one of our pilots that was on the one that went down in uh, Pennsylvania. So. You know, it, it was a huge uh, uh, wow. I mean, it was such an enormous it was such an enormous event to be a part of. And we there shortly thereafter, we started the air bridge from uh, from the states to Germany to start the build up. And uh, it was such an honor to be a part to be a part of that. And uh, you know, I've been a part of all of our actions. You know, pretty much since since then. And you know, it, it has. It's it's very emotional for me. But it, you know, at the same time, it's a great sort of sense of pride that. That I got to be a part of that, you know, because you know, as a, as loadmasters, we still have to, you know, we have to, we have to, you know, meet flight physical requirements, and we we joke all the time, you know, you're one flight physical away from unemployment, you know, so and much with the civilian world, you know, so you know, it, it's just been an, it, it's just been a, I just feel really blessed to be to be to be a part of this, you know, and I know that you know, hey, you never know, it could it could all stop tomorrow, but you know, I'm just really thankful I've got to be a part of it, you know. 
this you know this far so <laughs> yeah you bet you bet so so now larry yeah you, and you just you just mentioned you're part of the air bridge and all that kind of stuff so here you are loadmaster c17 right you've you've got all this experience loading tanks and i i have no idea what you know cargo and everything pallets <laughs> and all this stuff on board these giant airplanes, right? And then mm-hmm. you decide you want to be a, you want to go and become a pilot, and you sign up for private pilot training, and you call the flight school, and there I am, and and we get out to the airplane, and what do I try to 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 teach you? Weight and balance for the Cessna <laughs> 172, right? Right, <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> well, well, needless to say, Carl, uh, Larry didn't really need a whole lot of instruction. Actually, he probably needed some instruction on just you know how not to overthink the, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, four seats, you know, a cargo. One cargo compartment, I said, but but yeah. So you came out and you signed up uh, through. Now you mentioned it through uh, Sinclair Community College, right? Correct. And they're they're associated with uh, Aviation Sales Incorporated there at Wright Brothers Airport in Dayton, Ohio. And you signed up for their professional pilot degree program and came down to the flight school. So it's a Part One Forty One program, and. And we we met or met on the phone or something one time, and I remember you you're saying, "Hey Russ, can we go fly? Can we go fly? Can we go fly?" I said, "Larry, look, this is the Part 141 program. The syllabus requires a couple of ground school lessons first, and then we can go fly." Okay, but can we fly? Can we fly? Hold on, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, because because you were pretty excited, and 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 that was very obvious, and it was neat to see because you, you like we talked about already, you were ready to to get on with the next phase of of your life, next phase of your career, right? right? So. So we worked, we worked through that, and, and we got your signed off your fo- first solo, and you soloed that airplane, and uh, you know it's probably great not having me blocking your view out the right side, <laughs> and it took off a lot better, I'm sure. But you landed for now. man, you were happy, yeah, <laughs> you were excited. <laughs> oh man, but I, I, I think we all know that feeling, and you were definitely uh, on cloud nine there, no doubt. But you pushed through, you got your private pilot's license, and. And then, unfortunately, I moved out of town. So yeah, <laughs> I moved. So I wasn't able to to kind of help you continue on in, in your adventure here. So why don't you pick it up from there? What What did you go? What did you do? Tell us about your progression past that point up to kind of where you are now. Well, um, yeah, you know, we're flying in Ohio, and uh, so if anyone knows familiar with Ohio weather, you know, it can be pretty challenging. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I didn't waste any time, went right into the instrument rating. Um, uh, but you know, weather, weather and, uh, everything kind of slowed me down. So my instrument took about a year, um, cause I, I, as my civilian job, I, um, uh, I work as a air reserve technician for the air force reserves. So I had to kind of, you know, go to work and do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, in the while, way of your, uh, yeah, your training, huh? Yeah. It's got a little <laughs> bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, uh, got in, um, knocked out the, uh, the the private, you know, went right into the instrument. Um, you know, about a year later, got that done, and then uh, rolled right into the commercial and uh, commercial multi-engine, and almost done with the CFI now. So, <laughs> wow, that, that's awesome, yeah. right? That, that's uh, the and now I'm assuming what you're going to do is is start teaching at a local school, and uh, and then and what's the plan from there? Where where do you want to see your career going well you know the the big i want to be a good provider for my family you know and um so you know and i know a lot of people that i work with because i you know work with a lot of pilots and uh and they're you know they're like well you know don't get in don't don't get into it for the money right away but you know i'm open you know if it if it turns into uh 
you know, if a, a 135 a corporate job, you know, or, or part 121, you know, operation, I have just, I've got to be in a cockpit with a windscreen in front of me and, uh, you know, uh, uh, long, long in hours. So <laughs> it's exciting what you're doing and, and you're moving forward and you, you're, uh, and like you said, you want to provide for your family. You want to be somebody that's responsible and also somebody who's, who's going to do something they love, but also uh, provide. That is always the struggle when starting uh, a new career, especially a career such as aviation, uh, because you have to give up so much, and you want to provide for the family that we hear in the background, of course. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that, yeah, that, sorry about that. It, no, no, that's great. I mean, it, it really <clears throat> brings things home, I'm sure, for a lot of us, us listening right now, because it, it is something that you the payoff is down the road. I think one of the things, you know, people are asking, gosh, should I go into the, the Air Force, the Army, the Reserves, et cetera? This is actually a question that came from one of our listeners, uh, and I'm going to answer this now because it's probably a question that may come up from you, is that if you're working, say, for an airline and you have to serve uh, your country and you have reserve hours, et cetera, you can go and do that. Uh, I know a quite a few things about it, having represented people that were taking military leaves of absence at, uh, I was a union rep for those folks, do you really, it, they have to let you take that time off. So I know that there's a listener out there, and I'm sure there's more than one, but there's somebody who wrote in that was concerned about that, that no, you don't have to worry about that. They will give you that time off. They're required to give you that time off. As a matter of fact, another thing that people get confused on is that, hey, what if I'm called up and I'm gone for more than five years? Because that's usually the limit. It isn't a limit of five years if we're, there's a declared war, and there actually is one now. So you can say you serve for six years. You will still have your job back or an equivalent job when you come back to that company. That's a very important point because people are afraid to, to have this commitment with the military and also a commitment in the civil, civilian world. And, and Larry, you can attest to this. They shouldn't worry about that, correct? No, no, not at all. Actually, we have a lot of our, our, uh, our pilots, because uh, we're in an air wing, so um, basically uh, even our, our ops group commanders, our, our wing commander, most of these guys are um, on mill leave from an, a major airline. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they can, they can take, um, you know, military leave, like you said, up to, you know, to five years because it, it is, you know, it's a time of, it's a time of service and they, the, the airlines are really good at honoring that. And actually I, it's shocking to me to, that they, they are so true to honoring that. And, uh, you know, thanks to the soldiers and sailors act, uh, it definitely gives them the, uh, the legal protection, like you said, uh, to, to do such. So it's a uh, yeah I, w- I wouldn't worry about that at all. No, and 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 honestly there are, you know, having represented people in the past that have had issues with this where sometimes the the people or human resources department don't understand at the airline. Usually if you run it up the chain there is somebody that understands what's going on and uh having uh having been through this quite a bit in the past people don't they, they don't understand it sometimes because a lot of times you're in the civilian world, you're dealing with people in the HR department that don't un- understand some of the rules. But but uh, it really is important to, to just tell them, hey, listen, this is these are my rights and, and move forward from there. So you don't have to worry about that. That happens very, very 
very rarely. Uh, but uh, but anyway, that, that was a little tangent, but it's a very important one. I'm glad you answered that. Uh, and, and I'm sure the listener that asked that question is, is uh, really happy that you did. But uh, anyway, so, so moving forward, I think, uh, you know, Russ, you had a comment uh, concerning uh, his career and, and moving forward. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I know that one thing that Carl, you've talked about over and over again on this podcast is is that whole idea of of networking. Because what what do we have here at aviation? We have a very small world. I mean, yeah, there. Are, you know, if you looked at numbers of pilots, it seems like a lot, but everybody knows everybody else, right? So, so where do you find you know, a lot of these jobs? And, and Larry, you're going to be you know coming up against this you know you're in training now and that's great and wonderful but you know training doesn't last forever just like your air force career isn't going to last forever so at some point you got to move on right so Mm -hmm. so networking networking is so important and and getting to know people and and use i hate to say using people but using your your contacts you know to help to help move your career along and you had a great example of this larry that that we talked about uh beforehand uh what at a local uh, jump zone right Right, right. Yeah, why don't you tell, yeah. us, tell us kind of how that all started and happened and, and what that's resulted in. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, well, you know, so I, I, I'm a load master in the Air Force, and we got – so we're on C-17s now, so it's just pilots and load masters. And we are all, you know, we all, you know, socialize and everything like that. So a lot of the pilots heard what I was doing and was, you know, at my late age of, of 30, I think it was 37 when I started this, oh, uh, 39 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, they you just, they all knew I wasn't going to go, you know, I wasn't eligible age wise to go to the air force. So they're, you know, guys are just like, what well, that is so awesome that you're doing this. Let me help you. Let me give you, uh, the name of the person who let me build time with them. So I ended up running into two, two guys and, uh, one had a, uh, a Piper Cheyenne uh, contact. The other one had a uh, uh, you know Cessna 208 contact. So um, the you know Cheyenne's a multi-engine turbine aircraft. So I didn't yet have a multi, but the, so the 208 single engine was definitely something that was uh, doable. But I didn't have my commercial yet. So I was uh, I was uh, in uh, CFI ground school with another friend, and um, he had, he had his commercial. And he was uh, working on his multi at the time. And uh, he was just, you know, he's a, a retired Air Force guy, but a uh, non-flyer. And he just had no clue. And he said, Larry, he goes, I just don't know what to do. He goes, I'm frustrated. I'm thinking maybe I, I should go, you know, I should hang this up and go find something else to do. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I said, what are you doing after class? <laughs> he says, he says, well, nothing. I said, come on, let's go for a drive. So we cruised down to Middletown. And we went to this to the airport there, the local skydiving place. And um, I, 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 it just so happened thunderstorms were gathering, and it, it, the winds were kicking up. And I was like, "Well, this might not turn out well." And uh, as we're pulling up, they're shutting the operation down, and everybody's running for cover. Well, I see this guy. He goes, "Hey guys, can I help you?" And I said, "Yeah, hey, you guys looking for pilots?" He goes, "As a matter of fact, we are." And uh, <laughs> so uh, we we jumped inside and got out of the weather and. You know, a guy, he got talking. He's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I got a multi-engine and got my commercial. And like, well, when can you start? And he goes, well, I, I guess tomorrow. And they're like, great. So he, you know, he's one of their, their main guys now um, flying the 208. And uh, he felt bad because, you know, he's like, you know, I, I don't know if they have any slots open right now. Because I've, you know, I, I got my, my multi, my commercial and all that. And 
I said, Hey, don't, don't worry about it. You know, that's, that's, it, it all worked out, you know, and, 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 you know, you were talking about aviation being a small world and I can't tell you how many times I've been around the world in some foreign country that I never expect to even run into another American, much less somebody I knew. And, uh, Hey, like, Hey Larry, you know, I remember me, you know, from, from way back when I'm like, Oh my gosh. So yeah, the aviation world is a small world. Um, you know, it, it, it is a tight knit world and, you know, networking is, is so important being a, being a friend to people and, and helping people out. I think that's another thing that really drew me to aviation because that's what I saw, you know, from my early days of aviation was people that were willing to, uh, go to bat for each other and, and, uh, look after each other and, and that camaraderie, you know, I, I just really, yeah, I really drew me to it. You know, it's interesting you, you talk about the networking, and I know we talk about it so much here, but it is so important. It is such a small world. Uh, you know, we were talking at Sun and Fun, and I actually had flown with somebody that, uh, that you know, I think it was you or, or Russ had flown with a long time ago. It was a, was a, a flight instructor. Paige is their name. And, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and all of a sudden, this all came up in conversation. I was, uh, <laughs> and I was just talking to her before the show, and, and she said, make sure you tell, tell Larry that... Uh, that uh, I said hi, but uh, it, it's interesting <laughs> yeah. that this is somebody I hadn't seen for so many years, and this happens in in general, but especially in aviation. So the another important point here, when we talk about you know about networking, is that you don't really know who you're talking to, uh, and, right. and you have no clue, and you you never know. It might be somebody who's a decision maker, etc. And I, I never forget. Uh, walking in a room and, and somebody asking me about a job at, at an airline I was working for. And they said, well, you know, you know, do you know where you're, what the direction is in your company and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, let me ask the CEO, come over here. And I, I brought him over and introduced him to the CEO, <laughs> et cetera. But, and he had no idea that that was going to happen. So there are, mm-hmm. there are random acts of networking that, that happen out there. And, and just in your case, you're, you're a great example of that. So the point is, you know, you, you, in general in life, you know, you should always, my mom always said, say please and thank you and treat everybody mm-hmm. nice. And I think that goes in aviation. It's very true, especially in the uh, in the networking, that's for sure. So, um, but, you know, one of the things you mentioned, and I didn't realize this, is you don't look as old as you are. I guess that's a compliment. Uh, and <laughs> you, you. Sound, you sound very youthful. So I was, uh-huh. I was like, you know, it, it seems that uh, you're a little bit later in life starting here. Uh, so, you know, I, I really think that, you know, I know Russ had a couple questions there as far as uh, starting later in life, but there's a couple other folks here listening right now that want to know about your experience and, and maybe some of the fears that you had about jumping into this in, in a later stage. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have. Uh, uh, when I started this, I we had an, our, we, you know, I was 37 and we had our first child and uh she was like six months old, I think. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, you know, I've been, I, I've been, you know, a military flight crew member most of my life, you know, my, my, through my twenties. And so I, we didn't, I didn't settle down until, you know, to my, to my early thirties. And uh, so we got a late jump on the family thing. Um, so yeah, started this and, uh, we did, uh, we had a, we had our second child, uh, last year. So, um, a lot of fears, a lot of fears, you know, the big thing, uh, was just, you know, how am I going to provide how, uh, fortunately, you know, again, I'm very blessed. My wife is, she works for the air force as well. So we do, we are dual income. 
So that is that is uh, that's a that's a huge plus. Uh, but still, you know, um, I, I want to be a good provider, you know, and, um, so I have a, I have a good job now, but you know, I, I just, I didn't see the longevity for, for me. I mean, I'd have to, I I was going to, I was looking at working until I'm 60, you know, probably 57 and, uh, you know, being a load master is a very physical job. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I didn't want to, um, well, you know, I, I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to get beat up, um, you know, and, and being overseas and being a part of every, um, I guess every, uh, you know, national event <laughs> to put it, to put it nicely that our country has, you know, I, I, you know, so I was ready to kind of, to kind of put that behind me, but I didn't have any options. I didn't know what to do. And, uh, that's, that was the big thing with the wife is like what do i do you know do do i just branch off into something that i don't know aviation is the only thing i've ever known and uh or you know do i do i you know delve deeper into aviation and challenge myself you know more and that's kind of her thing was just hey just do it go be a pilot and uh so yeah a lot of you know there was a lot of questions i have to ask myself can i do it am i capable of doing it um that that self-confidence wasn't you know readily available i i i this was one of those things i was just like you know uh <laughs> you know can i do this and i i guess you know to to take it in a different direction that's you know kind of my faith and my spiritual faith and stuff was is i kind of you know <laughs> turned that over to a higher power you know and and just you know said hey you know lord i don't know if i can do this <laughs> you know i need i need i direction here you know <laughs> and uh and i i got what i was looking for and that gave me further confidence and to, you know let me know hey you know everything's gonna be okay you know so if this is if this is my path and you know things will things will happen it'll it'll work out and it has you know and it's just it's just been a I, I can't say it enough it's just been an absolute amazing journey yeah larry i want to to add that I mean, you know, we have, you know, and I, I, I've had several career transitions myself, you know, before I was 40 and, and a lot of people do, and a lot of people listen to this podcast certainly do. And, and, and you touched on a few of, you know, kind of the fears that you have, but I think one of the big strengths that, that we have, if we make that career change after, you know, at 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever is what do we have? We have a ton of experience, right? And, mm-hmm. and you Oh my goodness! You know, it, let's let's say Larry Unger goes on to be a, a corporate pilot. You, know, you want to be a corporate pilot or some flying business jets, right? Well, mm-hmm. well what is this interview going to be like, right? You're going to be, well, yeah, I've uh, flown into uh, Paris and I've flown into Bahrain and I've flown to Australia and haven't flown to Antarctica yet, but I'll get. You know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. You, know, you see, you've done all these things. You've been a loadmaster, which you know, you know, when you get there, I have to assume that. You're kind of the one in charge of a lot of stuff that goes on on the ground. You know, a lot of the right. auxiliary stuff. So, you know, you're going to go down your resume. And I, I think as a hiring official, I'd be looking at this and saying, oh, my goodness, yeah, this is the guy we want. We want Larry. So so that that 20 years of great experience you you have, even if it wasn't flying experience, is certainly going to gonna you know give you an additional step. You know, an additional mm-hmm. couple of points or something on your resume, I think. And that's something that, that applies to a lot of folks who – who might want to transition into aviation later? Yeah, everybody wishes they got an aviation at age eighteen, but you know that's that's not the case for most of us. So, uh, but certainly, uh, you know, at forty or, or even older, you got a lot of good experience to draw, and I think that's fantastic. Well, you know, I, I don't think I had the confidence when I was younger. I, 
I remember uh, before, I think I, I was in the Air Force at the time, but uh, I was a crew chief at the time, I think. But my dad's like, hey, you know, why don't we go down and do an intro flight, you know, in Cincinnati? And I, I, I took off in this 152 and it scared to death. And I just didn't have that confidence. It was a terrible flight. It was a terrible experience. <laughs> the instructor pretty much, we took off and he's like, all right, you know, it's all yours. And I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, uh, and then Cincinnati uh, Approach was talking to us, and he's like, are you going to answer him? And I'm like, I don't know what to say. And, and I was so scared and nervous, you know. So it was uh, – and I, I just – like I said, I mean I think all things work out. They just work out the way they're supposed to, you know, and I don't think I, I, I was ready back then. And uh, I, 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 I don't really ever want to look back and say, well, you know, I reg- you know, I regret this, you know, this or that. I mean, sure, we all have regrets in our lives, but for the most part, I mean, the way it the way it's went was the way it was supposed to go. And you know, the fact is that I'm, you know, coming up on forty and going to be starting off in a new career. Well, that's just that's the way it's supposed to be. Like you said, you know, I think I wouldn't be who I am today without all those experiences, and I wouldn't have that confidence that I have today um, without those experiences. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it just it all you know it it works out, you know. <laughs> you know, the military I think is is great. I mean, those experiences you had there, you have, have formed some great relationships and friends. Uh, but also, like you said, there's been some great experiences that'll be added to your career and used in your career in the future. Uh, but you know, one of the things that comes up in conversation is what should I do? Should I get out of the military? Should I stay in as a reservist, et cetera? There are some benefits that you get as as a reservist. Say you put in like eight years and then you stay in the reserves. There are certain benefits you get later in life. Is there? Can you maybe touch on that a little bit as far as like retirement and health care? Are there going to be benefits to you down the road? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So as a reservist, um, you know, you're, you're eligible, even, you know, while you're serving, you're, you're eligible for uh, health care at a very, very low rate. So um, I, like I said, I'm a civil servant right now in my squad, Air Reserve Technician. So I have, you know, I have that insurance that they, they offer, which is, it's, diff- it's a, you know, it's a different insurance. But um, the, uh, the reserve, what's offered to the reserves is, 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 is on par with what I have now, but at a much lower cost. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that. There's immediate benefits like that. There's, um, uh, the, um, and then once you retire, you know, you'll get a, you'll get a, um, you'll get a retirement. Uh, now I think the the big difference between the, the reserve retirement, the active duty retirement, I believe the active duty retirement, you can draw immediately. Uh, where the reserves, I, I believe we have to wait until uh, a set age. So um, mine will be 58. So I'll have to wait till I'm 58 before I can start drawing that retirement. So you know that that's kind of a it's a little rough. You know I, I can't I can't own that money until I'm 58. But you know hey, it's uh, not too far away from it right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're you're getting there, and that, but you have so many years ahead of yourself. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, as long as you keep your health, that's another thing to touch on. Like you said, right? There's some concerns there. Uh, you know, we uh, one of the things about going to work for a larger company. Uh, you know, in the military, you have some benefits. As if you go, to, you get disability, that type of thing. Another thing I want to stress because you brought this up is that you have the ability to get very good disability benefits at a larger company, such as a a larger airline. 
And uh, believe me, I have a lot of friends that are on that have been on disability for for you know periods of time because say they got in a motorcycle accident, or there one guy was fixing a light bulb and he was out for six months because he broke a, a leg and in a few oh different my. places. So it can happen. And the great thing about you know being with these larger companies is the fact that you can you have access to those things plus retirements that that type of thing. But having the military side, having that as a backup, and having that later having those benefits come into play. I think is is just awesome just awesome as a matter of fact since we're on this i I do want to mention a couple things you know we do sometimes have uh you know picks of the week since we're doing an interview we don't do that but i do have a couple things i want to bring to people's attention you can go to this episode and check out uh all or just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash vets v-e-t-s vets there's some information there first of all we talked about the soldiers and sailors act which actually is uh they changed it i think it's called the service member civil relief act now uh they changed the name back in in right after uh you know, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. Uh, I have a link to it there that, that describes the, the, all the benefits, et cetera, and, and the rules and the laws. And there's a lot of interpretations, but it's right there. You can get a hold of it there. Also, there's one more thing that I think everybody should have. And Larry, I think you should have, and every veteran that's out there, you need to get a hold of this publication. And we have it on our website at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash vets. It's the federal benefits for veterans, dependents, and survivors. And I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are vets that don't have this publication. You have to get it. You have to order it and and give it to your, to your spouse, your loved ones, your children, and make sure that they have that. There's many things described in there that you don't really have, you don't really know about a lot of times. It explains the disability, the pension, health care. Educating, education like housing and loans, those type of things, all those programs, uh, you know, even things like uh, being able to be buried in a military cemetery, that type of thing, you know, that that I have uh, uh, available to me, and I'm a civilian because my my wife's a veteran. So those are the type of things I really encourage you to go out there and check out. Uh, I wish, uh, you know, I, I wish more people knew about this when they got out. And, and Larry, I, I'm assuming you, you know about this or uh, this guy that I'm talking about. Yes, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great resource. It's a wonderful resource, and uh, you know, obviously, it's in different languages. So so get a hold of that. So aviationcareerspodcast dot com slash vets. Um, well, you know, Larry, gosh, you know, <laughs> this has been awesome. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. We could talk to you for the next couple of hours <laughs> about all this, but sure, but sure. one of the things that that really uh, is encouraging for me and for those listening is is your attitude. I think that's a big part of it. Is is you you seem to have not given up. You you're always moving forward, and we really haven't heard anything negative. I mean, all these challenges are challenges, and you've been able to get above and and beyond those challenges. And I think that's a really important part of your story. Is you know through your faith, through through your 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 worldview, you are able to make it through a lot of very difficult times. And I think that is incredible, and that's a great part of your story. I also want to be able to maybe someday in the future talk again with you and see where you are in your your career. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think I'd love to hear from you one one uh, last question is this. I if you're you're somebody that's in their thir- late 30s and you're going through a career change right now. The listeners out there are going through a, a career change. What what would you tell them before we close? I mean, if if somebody's thinking about this later in life becoming a pilot and making this career change. What what would be some of the more important things they should remember? Uh, and using your life as an example. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, I, I guess I think the big one is is that just because you're 
you, you know, you're say you're in your thirties or forties, or you know, you're still alive and you, you still, uh, we need, we need chat. We need to be challenged, you know, and we need to, uh, we need to set goals for ourselves and whether it's aviation, whether it's becoming, you know, you know, whatever, um, whatever it may be, you know, if you, you, you dreamt of being a lawyer, you know, optometrist or, you know, aircraft mechanic, uh, you know, uh, you need to set goals. And, and what I think that what really, what really makes life worth living is, 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 is the pursuit of, you know, and, and I guess to, to kind of keep it, you know, more in theme here with aviation, um, you know, I would say it's, it's never too late because, um, you know, you might, you might even, I, I you may even be in your fifties. I, I know guys that are, that are getting ready to retire that have had long careers and much longer careers than mine who they're like, Hey, uh, Larry, can I talk to you about what you're doing? And cause you know, I'm thinking about maybe I'd like to be a, I'd like to be a CFI, you know, I, you know, I'm, I know I'll never make it to the airlines or whatever, but I would really like to just be in airplanes, you know, and, and whatever it is to pursue it. Um, I, I think that was a big thing with me was, is that I never, I didn't want to look back one day and go, gosh, I wish I'd have tried, you know, um, I, I want to know, I want to know that, Hey, you know, either either it worked or it didn't, but I tried. And um, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's to me, that's kind of what it's all about. I just I don't want to have any. I don't want to. I don't want to sell myself short. I guess you know. <laughs> I tell you, and you you aren't. I really, you know, people ask me about this career in aviation, and you know whether you know you worry about you know there are some there are some risks involved, obviously, just like you had risk when you're in the military. But, you know, I, I, I'd rather, you know, have the risks and instead of living a life of mediocrity and living a life of regrets and, and moving forward, it sounds like you're very much the same. And I think many people in this career are the same. And, you know, just touching on what you said about someone being older, you know, nowadays, you know, airlines are hiring older pilots. It's, it's really an interesting time. It's an incredible time to get into it. But in general, it doesn't matter the times. If you follow your passion, if you try to be the best in your field, you're going to do well no matter what, uh, just as long as you're, you're happy with what you do and with yourself, which Larry, obviously that, that comes through here. And I, I can't wait to, to have you, have you on again. And, and, you know, you know, be, before we, we close up here, I just want to say, you know, again, thanks for your service, but thanks to all those that are listening that have served. It really is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we don't realize uh, that the folks that are serving in us in this military, they, they keep us safe. They, they keep us uh, from having to worry about those things that are going on around the world. And we, for someone like myself who travels out of the country, on a weekly basis, we, we sometimes forget, you know, the freedoms that we have here. And it's because of people that are willing to serve our country in many different ways in the military, in government service, et cetera, that we're able to do that. And it's, it's the civilians and it's everybody else that supports that whole, that whole country and, and those people that are serving that really make it different here. And, uh, and I, you know, I, all those countries that do that, I think that's terrific, and and everybody should be proud for the uh, for the people that serve in in their militaries and all throughout the world. So we thanks everybody uh, for that. Uh, but you know, Larry, this, this has been this has been so cool. I mean, I I really uh, I'm I'm gotten inspired from from what you've had to say. So we're definitely gonna gonna have you on. And and boy, you know, and Russ, I tell you, thanks. 
thanks for bringing Larry along. I think this, is, this has been so cool. <laughs> well, hey, th- thanks so much, Larry, for, for coming on. I think this has been, this has been great. And uh, oh, It's been an honor. Yeah, I, I agree with Carl. Yeah, let's have you back on, uh, you, know, you know, here in, in a little while once you, you know, see where you're progressing to. I think that'd be great. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I'm a talker. I, I love sharing aviation with people. Um, you know, I, I just, I really, again, you know, that was another thing that drew me to aviation was the air crew, the air crew that when I was, a, when I was a crew chief, I, they were positive people. They had, they were always pursuing something and, and, and I'm, I'm happiest when I'm positive and I'm, I'm actively pursuing a goal. And I just want to share that with other people. And, and, uh, and again, I'm just, I'm, I can't, you know, I can't say it enough. I'm just, I'm honored that you guys, you wanted to hear my story. So yeah, I'd, I'd be more than happy to, to, to stay in touch and to, you know, keep in touch and tell you where I'm at. <laughs> well, Larry, we're, we're more than honored to have you here. And, and Russ, just, you know, thanks for bringing him here. And thanks again, uh, for coming on. We're going to have Larry uh, back on again in the future. We'll have links to, in the show notes for the show. And, uh, you know, I, I, I usually, I always end the, sh- the show with, with one thing that, that, uh, you know, everybody knows before as a, kind of our trademark, but, you know, if you're going to go into anything, no matter what it is, if it's an aviation career, if it's a- anything else in your life, if you're struggling with uh, a medical issue or if you're struggling with something else in school, it may not even be aviation related. Just just remember that you, you can do it. You can do it one step at a time. And and just remember that if you have something and you, you want to move forward, you need to do something today. You can't just sit there. You have to move. And otherwise, you're moving forward or you're moving backward. You can't sit there in one spot. So what I want you to do is remember to do one thing today to move forward in your career. Something, it could be reading, it could be listening to podcasts like this one. It could be looking into uh, your benefits as a veteran. It could be looking into these different careers. It could be writing into the show at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. And we'll, we'll forward questions to all those people on, and especially Larry will send uh, the questions there. Larry Russ, uh, thanks so much for being here. And, and you, the listener, thanks for listening to Aviation Careers Podcast. Don't forget to go to aviationcareerspodcast.com to find all the information about what we talked about here. Safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.